Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion for another episode of Wusha Weekend. And tonight we're going to be doing Detective D and the Four Heavenly Kings. This is a 2018 film directed by Choi Hark, and it stars Mark Chow and Karina Lau, as well as Kenny Lin and William Fung and Ethan Wan Jing Tian, I hope I pronounced his name correctly, and Sandra Ma as the Water Moon character. Um, and in this installment of the film which is part of a series it's the second prequel in the detective d series it takes detective d into psychological mystical intrigue and warfare as a cabal hatches against the imperial throne and it's got a lot of special effects and it kind of uh develops a lot of the stuff that happened in the first not the first movie but the 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 first prequel film and takes it sort of to the next step and it seems to be paving the way for all of the backstory that we hear about in part one. Um, so, I don't know, Dion, why don't we just get into your initial re- impression of the of the movie, and then I'll talk about mine. Okay, I enjoyed the movie. I, I do think that there was a lot going on, and that I might be still a little confused, and I've watched it twice. But I liked the... Um, the fighting in the movie. I do think that there was a little, it wasn't grounded enough for me. It was still like the last one. There was a lot of light skill and a lot of, I guess, overdoing of the, some of the action or a lot of the action. Um, but I enjoyed the storyline and where they went with the story and how it connected with the other two films that we watched. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed the movie. I agree with you on the effects. I feel like the effects felt unnecessary in a lot of the portions mm-hmm. of the film. And and I felt like the story could have been more grounded because I think the thing that really the, the thing that you almost miss with all those special effects is like you're saying the story and the characters are all really quite strong, but it's easy to lose sight of that because the the effects are so prominent and on full display. And and so I think it's a movie that uh, you could almost like it's it's deceptive in that you you could be paying so much attention to the special effects you miss some of these other elements that actually are kind of good on their own. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And 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 some of the effects were really good, but some of the it's 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 kind of the same problem as the first movie, where not the first movie, the first prequel, where some of the effects just are too ephemeral, like they just don't. They just don't land with enough heft and and force. And some of the effects were actually really quite good. Like they used a lot of CGI on a lot of the characters and a lot of the, the actors. And in some of the scenes, like the scenes involving Night Ghost, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it really aided her character. But when the I forget what it was. I don't know if it was an abominable snowman like a Yeti or if it was a <laughs> if it was an ape of some kind. But but that but that primate was was too much for me that was that was uh i didn't need that in the movie do you know what i mean i i understand it i like the primate and i didn't think that he was too much but that part of the movie towards the end was i for me way too mystical and out there and i kind of felt like i was almost on drugs yeah um, at a point um, towards the end, I liked the way that the I thought of him as a yeti ape 
Abominable Snowman too. Um, but I think all that kind of stuff at the end was kind of unnecessary. It was kind of like they had built up the Wind Warriors to be so mystical that they had to be fought mystically, but really they didn't need to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah, yeah. No, I, it I, I didn't need to be that far fetched and out there. Well, so I, it's funny because I'm still gra- and I think I need to see this movie again because I'm, like you said, it's easy to miss things. I just saw it for the first time, and so I don't feel like I have a strong handle on all the details, and I might have missed key things that would shift my opinions here and there. But I was sort of struggling because on the one hand, I, I really liked the mystical it looks like an acid trip sort of feel like when the, when the, when the goldfish scene, the, you know, the, you know, the scene I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was beautifully shot and, and well done. I'm just not feeling it in this story. Well, what, what bothered me was I didn't always understand the explanations for how things like when they were defeating the illusions, I was like, well, how, how are they doing these illusions exactly? And how are they defeating them exactly? And I know it's meant to sort of be like a, it's all meant to be sort of they're trying to they're trying to do the thing that they did in the last movie and in the first movie where they present you with supernatural stuff but it's all explained do you know what i mean but mm-hmm. they so overload you with supernatural things which you kind of have to accept as sort of an acid trip because it's you know in spoilers but i don't think anybody that sees the movie will be surprised Th- these are supposed to be illusions of various kinds right and some of them are a product of machinery and parlor tricks. And some of them are a product of like hypnotic effect, it seems, and possibly gases or poisons that are triggering, uh, making people open to all these suggestions, right? With that. Right. And so it's really a cool concept. I just feel like they sort of establish the concept and then don't harken back to it enough to, you know what I mean? Like they just, like Mm -hmm. you just sort of, it's like, okay, well we're going to do that. And then it's going to give us an excuse to have this really supernatural battle. But then we're, we're, they're not there. They weren't frequently enough showing you the, the mundane underpinnings of all these hallucinations. Do you know what I mean? Um, Right. Which I felt I needed to see more frequently. Um, Like there was one scene where um, Shao is in the restaurant and he's getting kind of wheezy or, you know, kind of dizzy and lightheaded. Mm-hmm. And he's swaying. And the woman in the back that's dancing in the background is all of a sudden on top of him, mm-hmm. looking like she's trying to seduce him. And then Detective D comes and pulls him away. You can tell that there's something in the air because the, it's kind of like yes. smoky in that scene. So you know he's fallen under some kind of spell. But later, when all the other stuff happens, you don't know why it happened. Like, where was the gas or yeah. where was the all the other stuff? Yeah. I, and I don't – I guess they kind of made it hidden so that you would think of it as being truly mystical and not parlor tricks like all the other characters were trying to explain it to be, mm-hmm. but I just thought it missed the mark. I needed like you more of an explanation of how they're falling under these, like um, under these spells, like the one where they were inside the palace in front of the emperor and the empress. 
and the rain fell down, I kind of felt like the rain was kind of something in the rain that caused them to see the dragon yeah. and hypnotize everybody to believe in what that was. But when um, Chateau goes to the temple to find uh, the monk and all of a sudden he, he's pulled into this dream and everything's floating around him and yeah. I don't know what caused that. It was just like one minute it kind of looked sane and then the next minute it was like I'm on this acid trip. Well, and what and that Chatua scene was great. That was one of the better scenes in the movie, where the dancers behind him and Detective Diaz in disguise. Because you're like, I don't know what's real and what's not. Not only right. from the perspective of the woman dancing, but from Detective D himself, who's just revealed he's been in disguise. There's this real sense of everything is kind of amorphous, and you don't know who's who. And I thought that was great. But then when they get to the scenes where there are these mass delusions and mass hallucinations, they they don't put the work that they put into that Chatua scene to establish like how it's operating. Do you know what I mean? And, and I feel mm -hmm. like that's kind of important because what I want when I see a mass delusion scene like that is I want to hear the explanation and go, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Do you know what I mean? I want, I say, Oh yeah, that happened. And so that explains it. And I think with mass delusions, it's even harder because I can easily imagine Shatua having this one hallucination on his own, but it's harder to accept eight or nine people or 20 or 200 people all imagining the same thing because they've inhaled the same gas. Do you know what I mean? That without, without there being that's like true, something that's leading the suggestion. Be, everyone's body would be affected different yeah. by whatever chemical or gas that they're exposed to. So yeah, everybody wouldn't necessarily see the same thing. Even under hypnotism, everybody doesn't act the same way. Yeah. So I, yeah, I completely understand that. But, but if they had at least had the hypnotic thing in there where there was a clear reason why these, why this was being suggested as the illusion for them to mm -hmm. perceive, then I think it would have uh, it would have made more sense to me. Um, but again, I have to say, maybe I'm missing key details. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. And I'll be like, oh, they actually do say that. And I just missed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have one, another one of my questions is how did they manipulate the empress's mind to make her think that for two years she was speaking to the faceless lord but he had been already dead for two years because one of the um her servants i guess has been going with her to that locked dungeon yeah. and but no you know but clearly on um yuchi's face when he went the first time he knew something was up because he was only hearing one side of the conversation. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like, how did they get to her to make that suggestion that he was still in there over that two year period? No, I, I, I wanted to know that too. Done. I wanted to know that too. I also wanted to, I, I did like that that explained what they meant when they said that we've, we've like ensorcelled her, you know, like they, they like, I, I wasn't sure what they were talking about. And then when that happened, it was more clear. And I liked the revelation of, no, that guy's been gone for two years. He's, he's dead, you know, and, right. and she just freaks out. And I thought her performance in that scene was great. Um, and, and, and again, I thought that the whole, you don't know what's real. You don't know what's fake was present in that, in that moment. But the, the explanation of how they did it to her 
felt like we could have had that. It would have it would have added to it rather than you know detracted from anything in the film. Right, because I think for me, if they had explained how they got to the Empress, I might have been able to see how they were able to get to everybody else yep. to have these mass hallucinations. I don't know. There was just too much mystical stuff at the end for me, but I did enjoy the film. This is the most mystical Detective D. Because I don't think a Detective D is like a real mystical type character either. But in this one, he's getting lessons from a um, from a Buddhist uh, a Buddhist monk, and I mean the the Buddhism thing really plays a big role in this movie. Um, yes, and and uh, and and the whole uh, I, the thing is, I can sort of I sort of can see the sort of clarity of mind thing operating well with the character, but simply because we don't, I feel like all this religious stuff going on with D in this movie. I feel like it, it should have come up again in the first movie. Do you know what I mean? In some way. Um, like, it's it's just such... It, it seems like something would be too big of a character trait to not... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if this is part of his backstory, I feel like we should have seen traces of it in the first film. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, because, uh, well, if you're a spiritual person... Typically, if you're a truly spiritual person, then your um, spirituality never kind of leaves you and it plays a big role in your life. And you wouldn't get that sense from the um, phantom flame at all. So when all this happens, it's kind of throwing you off balance a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now that's... Well, not a little bit, quite a bit. I, yeah, I mean, and again, I, I liked it. I just thought like, oh, that's kind of surprising. I didn't ever see any evidence of that before. Um, I will say, though, I do like a lot of the building that they're doing with the characters and sort of assembling mm-hmm. them as a team. By the end of the movie, you have um, uh, Water Moon and you have uh, Yuchi and you have Shatua and you have Detective D all kind of seeming to operate as a team. And, and I feel like, I think we both agree, this kind of sets up the next movie, which we believe will be kind of the exploration of the events that lead to Dee's imprisonment. Um, yeah, and I, I like the title too. When I first watching it, and I was like, well, why is it called Four Heavenly Kings? The first time I kind of didn't connect anything to it, except for the four statues that where he hides the um, dragon taming mace. Mm-hmm. That was the only kind of like hint, but I was like, why would they name the movie after one specific event in the movie? But when I saw them, saw the film the second time, and they're all riding off on the horses as their team, then I kind of was like, okay, four heavenly kings. Each one of them is representing one of the statues, which... I didn't really get a good look at the statues and I'd like to do a little research on them and to see if the characteristics of the characters that are in the team match the characteristics of the four heavenly kings that were represented. One was kind of earthy and I can see who that one is, but I'm not going to say. So I want to see if my theory kind of lines up, but I got to do some research. Okay. Well, 
we'll 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 put that in abeyance and we'll we'll resume that conversation um for the probably for the the fourth movie or if we uh if we ever return to the topic for another reason um but i think uh yeah i I think there might be something to that actually but i i have to see the movie again because i only saw it once and so i i definitely missed a lot of details um now what did you think who I guess the big character that they they introduce in this one is the uh, 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 Water Moon character, right? Like that's the big new character. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, what did you think of the new character? I liked her. She was tough as nails, and um, I like how her um, relationship with Shao Toa um, sparks off. I I just think that they're really good together, and he from the second movie, Sea Dragon, has become less shy yeah. around women. Because you remember in Sea Dragon, he wouldn't even look at her in, um, what was her name? Ruji? Yeah, yeah. I can't he, remember. He, yeah, yeah, he couldn't look at her. Yep. He couldn't even look at her. He would turn his back every time he needed to speak. And he froze when he's trying to put her in the cabinet for his safety. But this one, these two are like picking on each other and like little jabs and everything. But they're too cute together. Um, but I really liked her, and at first, I I thought she was going to die in this one. Yeah, me too. I, um, and I noticed that every time she saw that symbol, and it would come and disappear really quickly, that the um, night ghost was always by her side. So I figured night ghost had something to do with this. But I was hoping that she would figure it out sooner than it w- was realized in the movie. Because I really do think she's a smart girl. Mm-hmm. And she's very powerful and she was tough as nails and I really loved her character. I like that she didn't take anything from any of the guys. No, and I liked uh, I liked the whole scene where, like the scene after she's poisoned where Shatua is nursing her back to health. And like I just thought the whole way that they dealt with the romantic aspect of the story was was well placed and and it and it really uh, chateau is an interesting character but he he's never been like my favorite character in the in the series right but now suddenly he's becoming so much more pivotal in my mind because i i i sort of felt like before you just kind of had to accept like okay he worked for detective d before and the resentment in him that built because of the hand chopping and imprisonment uh, is what led him to want to enact the horrible plot that he tries to enact in the first movie. But now that we see this development, it's like, Oh, this is so much more interesting. Like this, this, this really establishes a very cool backstory that is in no way contradictory with the material from the phantom flame. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's totally building because, well, in Phantom Flame, we know how he ends up bitter and disillusioned and everything. But we get to see him in Sea Dragon. He was such a shy, almost invisible person. I mean, he helps out a lot with all the medical stuff, but now he's even, he's stepped beyond his medical role and is truly, um, it's Sherlock and Holmes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you can see him stepping up to be more of a kind of in charge kind of person. 
So it's going to be really interesting to see him go from this coming into his own to becoming the bitter person that we know he ends up being. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought this was fabulous because I felt like that was honestly one of the weaker parts of the movie where I just never quite understood the, the, the reasoning behind it. And I like that they're exploring it. And I like that it's starting out in like a happy place. Do you know what I mean? They're like a happy team of people. And we know something terrible is going to befall them all probably in the next movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll string it all over two more movies, but I think it's going to all happen in the next movie. And uh, and 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 they did a really good job of making us like Water Moon a lot. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like it's sort of like it's like she's good for Shatua. Do you know what I mean? She she's a mm-hmm. character. It's like you feel like oh, I'm really happy that they found each other, but you know you know where it's gonna. You know she can't survive into the <laughs> into beyond the prequels. Um, so, right. uh, unless, unless they have something really clever up their sleeve, uh, so you know. But do do we know for sure that the that the fourth movie is gonna be a prequel? Is that definite, or is that? Uh... I've not heard anything about a fourth movie ever happening. Oh, I thought so... for some reason I thought you sent me a message saying there was gonna be a fourth movie. But... No, I said if there's going to be a fourth mo- movie. Oh, they need to. Okay, all right, it. yeah. Well, I'm I'm pretty I'm sure there will be. For it. I um, mean, it ends in a way that that would be stupid not to have a fourth yeah. movie. I mean, you just left us hanging. They're not even riding off into the sunset. They know more is about to happen, yeah. and we know there's more that has to happen because you can't. I don't know. It's like climbing stairs at this point. We've gone step by step, and then you're going to just leave this great big gap between this step and the next step. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. And, uh, or well, I don't think it works that way, but you know. No, I I I, th- I think they need another. There needs to be another step before we get to the the first movie for sure. There has to be uh, at least one more installment. I think it's just going to be one, yeah. but you never know. They could drag it along. Yeah, I I hope we do get that installment, and. And and I and, and I think they could continue on, but I think if they do, I think what they would need to do is they would need to to um, bring back Andy Lau and go beyond the first movie into like an actual mm-hmm. sequel. Do you know what I mean? Because because I feel like you know you you, you just it just would be too much prequel material, and it would be easier to to start you know thinking in terms of what happened after the Phantom Flame, um, right. And the, and the, and that would be cool because they could kind of continue to the you know towards the end of the the reign of Empress Wu. Um, yeah, it's kind of like Star War Star War ish with all the things that you could do. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it definitely you know could work that way. But um, but yeah, so what did you think of the uh, uh, of the new not uh, of the of the villain characters like Night Ghost and. Um, what was the other guy's name? The sorcerer guy. I can't recall uh, what his actual name was. Um, um, Juan Tian. Is that him? Yes. Juan Tian. I, I thought that they were not... Well, I thought Blade, Spectral Blade, was impressive. Mm-hmm. I loved his weapons. I like the intricate design of them, but with the CGI, 
just all the spinning and stuff started to kind of make me dizzy yeah. with the swords. Um, I would have liked to see that more with the grounded, in grounded fighting than yeah. all the CGI effects. I thought his his um, blades were really, really cool in the design because if you put them together, they would have made a full circle. Yeah. And the intricacy of designs on them, I thought was really, really um, exceptional. And I like Night Ghost's character. I really thought that she had burnt up. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it's a she from the hair, but I thought that she had really burnt up at that one point. So then when she came back, it was like, oh, so she's really behind all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and um, Smoke Violent, he was an interesting character. Not interesting as in they put a lot of weight into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that one fight where they were, oh, I'm, I think it was in, I want to say, Bureau of Investigations. It was at night, and he was in the red, black, and white outfit. Yeah, I remember that one. Yep. My my automatic thought was Cruella DeVille and I have no idea why. No, I, I can, he was an interesting character that you almost got, you got a taste of him, but you didn't really get a full sense of what he was all about. Right. So I would have liked to know more about him. Spectral blades. You wouldn't have been able to, he was brute force. Yeah. That but you got the concept but... of spectral blade right away. I feel like smoke, uh, smoke volant. You, you didn't, you didn't quite get the, the, the concept wasn't immediately clear to me. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, not at all. And and Night Ghost was clear. Like, I was like, okay, wait, Night Ghost, I totally accept that concept. It, it, it makes total sense. Um, right. Disappears in fire. Yeah. And, and also that. just the look and everything about it, just the, the whole package. Back in... Yeah, she just has this, this like, this style that is uh, that really works. It is very theatrical. Um, yeah, and the leader... I kind of thought he was kind of weird, though. When, you know, he was doing his magic tricks, he had the four hands. Mm -hmm. And I could see how they would say that's like parlor tricks. Mm -hmm. Because I could imagine him having like a midget on his back. Because when they even showed or, you know, some, I don't know. But when from the side, when they showed him, it kind of looked like he had a hump on his back. Like there was there were two people under all that garb he was wearing. Well, and I, I, uh, I, I did like the power dynamic between him and Yuchi and how he was sort of slowly worming his way into power in the palace. And, yes. and that that was enabling him to have these pretty direct confrontations with Yuchi, which was just enraging Yuchi more and more. Um, you know what I also really liked? I really liked the, the development of where they took Yuchi and Detective D. Uh, they kind of gave Detective D a friend, which I feel like yeah. was needed. Do you know what I mean? It really helped. It helped the Detective D character a lot in this movie. I thought. Yeah, I when they came back and they were sworn brothers, I was like, okay, I would have never thought that would have happened at the end of the last one. But they were friendly, but not sworn brother friendly. No, but there was enough stuff happening in that movie 
for you to see the mutual respect that would translate into yeah. sworn brotherhood. And so I bought it. I didn't have any problem with it. Um, and I just liked it. I was like, yeah, that's a great development for that character. Cause I kind of didn't want to have to deal with Yuchi being antagonistic towards him again. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to, I felt like that would be, we've gotten two movies of that kind of, do you know what I mean? And, right. Well, and I mean, I know it wasn't Yuchi in the first Yuchi. one, but I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that wasn't Yuchi in the first one, but see, we I need to find out how we go from Yuchi to who we get in um, Phantom Flame. That bugs me. Maybe that'll be explained in the next installment if we get a next installment. So. Um, and uh, what did you think? Of, what's the character's name? Yuan Chi, the uh, the monk, the. Uh, the 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 monk i guess slash obama did you watch the end credits thing i watched all the way to the last screen because i'm one that has realized that certain directors you can't just leave in the middle of things yeah and after the sea dragon one and all those things came up in the credit credits i was like yeah i'm staying to this one i'm watching all the way to the end same here and um yeah, him being the eight begin with. I wasn't surprised because when Shao went the first time and the eight appeared, and then the fish, I thought it was him anyway in that scene. So, so then when. Oh, go ahead. Um, Water Moon went. And I was annoyed that they cut that scene off and went to pitch black and then picked up somewhere else. So when we get the continuation of that scene in the end credits to see what she sees, then I don't know. I had already known it. I wasn't surprised by that. I I just don't understand. Is 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 the so they're one and the same? But does that mean that he's actually he's actually a man though? Right? Like that's what we're supposed to be concluding that. That that he's a man, and that the the yeti thing is sort of a maybe some kind of mental illusion that he can though. do. Um, I'm not sure if it's a mental illusion that he can do, or could be somewhere in the um, earlier in the film they had mentioned transfiguration again, mm-hmm. like in the first one. Um. So I don't know if it's a trans, an actual transfiguration, even without the the pressure point, mm-hmm. or if it's spiritual enlightenment that he can take himself to another level to be bigger than he is, or I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, 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 I was very. I was kind of perplexed by that scene when it happened, but it was an end credit scene. So it's not like I really should expect to get, you know, everything under the sun. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. Now, the other thing I think we've got to talk about is the Empress Wu character, because she gets a lot more attention in this movie than she got in. Uh, I mean, she always got plenty of attention, but she's like a much more central character in this film, I feel. than Because she's a Looney Tunes. She is a Looney Tunes. She's definitely a Looney Tunes in this one. And, and, and we see her lose her temper. We see all kinds of things with her. Um, 
and I, I I just wanted to know what you I guess what you thought of the character and what you thought of Karina Lau's performance. Oh, I love her character. I mean, not love her as um, you know. I I love Karina, and I love the way that she's portraying this character, and I love that we get to see all of her and all of her looniness. Yeah, and we get to see how she becomes so threatened by D that she has to throw him in. I just love the way they developed her character. You could see her evilness just get worse each film. Yeah, I, 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 and I really liked sort of the madness that was going on with her, and, and I liked just the, the, the thing that that led to, is the seduction scene with Night Ghost, right? Where Night Ghost is pretending to be Karina Laz, uh-huh. Empress Wu, and to trying to seduce Detective D. It was easy to buy that that was happening because of all of the mental instability you were seeing leading up to that scene. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm-hmm. it would have been really hard to buy that happening in the first movie or in the in the prequel, in the first prequel. Um, so I, I thought that they were really clever in how they kind of dealt with her character as well. Um, See, that was, now you just cleared up something for me because I wasn't sure if that was actually, I don't know, I think I missed something in that scene that it reveals that it's Night Ghost. Because for some reason, I don't know why I was thinking that she was, um, the real Empress was actually um, bewitched to do that, even though we figure out or find out later that they were never in the Bureau of Investigations anyway. That was all a big ruse. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, cause, yeah, because you see her turn into Night Ghost. Um, yeah, I, and I think I'm that part. And so, but I mean, but but it's it's surprising when you see it because she's the Empress, and you're like, wait a second, she's trying to seduce this guy. Um, even even for the Mace, it seems like a stretch. Do you know what I mean it seems like a right? She wouldn't lower herself and do that. Um, well, not unless she's bewitched for some reason. No, no, that's true. That's true. Um, and, and I have to say, she's very, very convincing in the scene. Um, very convincing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I was talking, I remember I was talking how, like, she's really, like, Karina Lau is this beautiful woman, but she's always presented in the movie as striking more than beautiful because she's supposed to be this powerful empress figure. But this is a, a scene where you actually see, oh, no, she's a very beautiful person. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it th- I, I also sort of, uh, it, when that scene happened, I was like, oh, oh, no, is this going to be, co- is this going to be the backstory explanation for all the stuff that happens in the first movie? <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't think I like that. I think that's like, it's too much stuff that, that, was not apparent in the first movie to make any sense. Um, but it's something that they would totally do in a prequel. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm, gl- I'm glad that it was, it ended up being night ghost. I thought that was a much better way to sort of conclude that scene. Um, Cause I did have some concerns as the scene was unfolding that like, Oh, this is going to be the cause of her resentment towards him. Isn't it? Um, but, uh, but they didn't go there. So that was good. Um, now, uh, yeah, so so I don't know what uh, uh, were there any other parts of the movie that I'm forgetting to talk about before we get into recommendations and, and all that? 
I can't think of anything else. Let me just see. Just before we head on, I just don't want to skip anything. Right. Um, I, I I actually I gotta say again because I'm, I'm I'm I just was rewatching that seduction scene so I could check if she transformed into Night Ghost. The Night Ghost character really looks cool. I real I I think one thing I liked about this movie is when they introduce the um the I forget their names but the mystical characters that are supposed to be working under Empress Wu. Uh, it, it they 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 firmly connect them to the concept of Zhang Hu, and they. Mm-hmm. And they really paint stark characters with them. Do you know what I mean? Like you have the like each of them are very like it's very easy to keep track of Night Ghost, Spectral Blades, Huan Tian, and, and Smoke Volant. They all have sort of a clear mental category or physical category that they fall into, and and so they just visually work really well. Um, you know what I was just thinking. It's funny how it's the four heavenly kings and we they start out we think the villains are gonna be those four yeah um that, that are there making you know, four is kind of a repetitive number in this one. Yeah. And it's also the number of death. Um but uh I don't know if that was at work here. Um but uh but yeah, so I don't know, yeah, I I I think I'm hoping there'll be another movie because I would like to sort of get more into that concept that you were talking about with the four heavenly kings earlier. Um, oh, I have one more thing. Oh, um, I did have a tear up moment when they went back to the house where Water Moon was recuperating, and they kind of tricked her into thinking that she was under arrest, and then they bowed down to her and asked for her help. That was a very touching moment for me. I actually shed a couple of tears. I wasn't like ugly crying or anything, but I was like, oh, that's so sweet. That's, I, I like that. Yeah. I've never heard the expression ugly crying, but I really like that expression because that that is a real thing that happens to people. Um, yeah, I ugly, there are quite a few movies that I ugly cry with, and I, I can't watch them too often, so... Yeah, it was definitely not an ugly cry scene, but it was, it was a touching scene, I agree. Like, they... Uh, they did a really good job with it because she's sort of, you think she's being led away to be arrested for some reason. You're like, oh man, they're uh-huh. really like, like all they have to do is ask for her help. They don't have to do all this. And, and then, and then when they, when detective D is on the other side of the door and then he bows to her and then she goes and beats the crap out of Shatua, you know, it's, it's a it was a good scene. I, I, I enjoyed it. And I thought, I thought it was touching the moment when they bowed. Um, yeah. That would definitely get me to help. That's all I can say. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's definitely a way to, to earn people's loyalty is for sure. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. What, I guess we have to rate this now on a scale of one to ten, one to five, and then. Uh... Wait, can we go back? Oh yeah, yeah. Before we recommend, I do have a problem with the ending of the movie. I think it kind of went on a little too long. Oh, the big battle at the end you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. The, it was just like, I don't know. I feel like it could have ended sooner because when they introduced the, I don't know, I think it could have ended differently. The Wind Warriors, and then all of a sudden he has this weapon that can be, he shows this big kind of key-like thing, a weapon 
where they can't be, be defeated, and then they have these incarnations of a monster. It's like the monsters in each movie got bigger and uglier. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I don't. I, I said it at the beginning. I thought it was just too mystical, and then the um, round the wind goes over to my head and wraps around his head, but then the monk's able to throw it back on to um, the wind warrior's head, and then how the whole thing resolved. I don't know. I think they've taken that whole weapon part out of it and ended it a different way, maybe sooner. Yeah, I, I do think I, I do think it went on a little too long. I agree with that. Um, and I don't know how I feel about I feel like I liked the way that they kind of converted the bad guys at the end. Um, but I, I, I do feel like it it was it was a little weird that some of the elements in, that were involved were just not grounded enough to give it the, the, uh, what would you say? The, the, um, the, it just was like a scene that demanded, demanded a certain amount of dignity. And it was, it's a little hard to have that dignity when there's like an CGI ape. Do you know what I mean? Right. It just kind of undermines some of like some of the stuff like that was undermining that scene for me. Um, at the same time, I sort of get it. Like it's a big blockbuster movie and they're going to do their blockbuster thing. I also felt like there is the thing like that happens in a lot of Chinese movies where in order to get around the censorship issue, they have to have a logical explanation for supernatural elements. And the first two Detective D movies, that idea didn't pop into my head because it was like, oh, this is meant to be something like it didn't feel like, oh, he's trying to stay under the radar of censorship. It felt like that's the concept of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. But in this one, I started to wonder, oh, is he trying to make a supernatural movie, but get it through the censors or something? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that was sort of one of my thoughts. And so I just felt like maybe the overwhelming amount of supernatural stuff was, it was maybe too much. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it went too far out for me and didn't pull it back in. Yeah. Um, But I did like the movie. And and so, but but again, I, I guess uh, I guess I'll, I'll wait to hear your your numerical rating before I before I deliver mine. Um, what uh, what would you say uh, on a scale of one to five you would rank this movie? I'm definitely going to give it a three. Mm-hmm. It's a solid three for me, not a three point five or anything. Uh-huh. But it it's a solid three for me, just because I think long. There was just too much mythical. At one point, I was feeling really trippy, and I didn't think all that was necessary. And yeah. a lot of the CGI um, was too much for me. But I liked the central story. It's a really good story, and I liked the characters in it. And there were very strong performances, but yeah. there was just too much of some stuff for me. I feel like could have been brought down a notch. Um, I didn't like it as much as I like Sea Dragon. Like, I watched Sea Dragon three times. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this one twice because I couldn't get it all at the first time. I mean, I sat through it the first time, but I was very confused after the first time, and I had to watch it a second time. Sea Dragon and Sam Flame, I just enjoyed the movies so much that I had to go back and watch them. 
yeah, this... because this was a little bit too confusing for me and so much going on that I didn't think needed to be going on, I gave it a three instead of a four like the other two. Yeah, this one, I, I would give this one a four again, but I would put it... I would have to explain the four, I feel, because the four is I had a really solid evening of entertainment with it. Do you know what I mean? I, I watched it mm -hmm. and I enjoyed myself. I liked the characters. I think I think the characters are really what popped out for me. And, and you know, I just liked the way the movie looked, uh, with the exception of some of the excess surrounding the CGI. But in terms of, like, how Night Ghost looked and how a lot of the atmosphere was being built, I, I liked all that. And I was... Even when I was confused, I was confused in a good way. Um, though I though I think I had my share of complaints with the movie. So it's a it's it's a four, and I would recommend it. But I feel like it's a four that is. Um, I, I'm I'm a little like I'm I'm a, a little bit worried about giving because I do think it's a flawed movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a flawed mm -hmm. movie for sure. But it definitely entertained me enough that I'll give it a four. Um, and I don't know if that's going to go up or down with repeat viewings because I feel like this is a movie that could re I could really either get sick of it or I could find it in more enriching every time I watch it. And I don't know which direction it's going to go. Um, but I can definitely see it's that kind of movie. Um, so, yeah, so I would say I would say a flawed four is what, how I would how I would say okay. a flawed four, which I know is kind of a cheat. Because it's kind of like I try to give it a three point five, uh -huh. <laughs> but 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 I just can't give it the three. Do you know what I mean? I can't I would I can't give it a three. I can give it a four, but I gotta give it a four with comment. Um, and uh, and yeah, so but I but I would definitely say check it out. It's on Netflix right now, so you can just watch it for free if you have Netflix. Well, not free, but you know what I mean. You're it's if you have a subscription to Netflix, you might you make use of the subscription and watch Detective D and the four heavenly kings um and uh and yeah so so i'm i'm i i think what i also liked about this movie is how it just kind of helps to build the whole series mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it just it just gives the series a much bigger sense of being a series and uh and i'm and i'm very much looking forward to the to the next prequel which they seem to be suggesting we would be getting just by on the way that the movie ended um but you never know um and yeah, so I would be very disappointed if there's not another one. It, it would really be weird. Like that would be the weirdest way to end the series. Do you know what I mean? Because they're sort of mm -hmm. riding off triumphantly, almost. Do you know what I mean? And and but 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 they've they've announced the next threat that we know that they have to contend with as a team, and we know that only two members of that team apparently survive. Make it to the fourth, right? Um, though I, I guess it's possible two of the members that we don't see in the first movie, they just end up somewhere else. So that's why we don't see them. But it just seems very suspicious. I think it's more ominous yeah. than that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, but I am definitely, this movie got me excited for more detective D movies that I will say. So, so it did its job in that respect. Um, definitely. And and I do have to say I do agree with you a lot on the weaponry and the CGI. I think it's like in the in in the in the previous movie we I think we all kind of made that comment, but there were enough scenes where I felt it was redeemed. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, okay, mm -hmm. but this scene it was okay. In this one, there were so many scenes where I was like, that weapon should be awesome, but it's not because of this. The CGI, um, yeah. 
And there were a couple scenes where they were fighting where, to me, it actually, for, like, a couple seconds, looked like a video game. Yes. Like, you could tell it wasn't people fighting. Yeah. You know, I, real people. It just I it took totally me out agree. of the moment. I totally agree. And some of the monsters, too, were just lot like that weird monster that tries to take over the bureau at the end, the purple monster with the tentacles. Some parts of it were pretty cool, but some parts were like just like like it had a tentacle and you could sort of see the surface of the tentacle did not look real. Do you know what I mean? It looked like a, mm-hmm. an effect. And that was that the second one or the one that spit the eyeballs at the and covered the giant ape. Because there it, were two monsters at the end. Yeah, I think it was the first the one. Bureau. I think it was the first one, okay. but I could be wrong. I could be very, very wrong because huh. I'm, I'm not remembering it very well. Um, the first time I saw, the, saw it, I didn't even realize that it was eyeballs that were covering the giant ape. I just looked like red slime, and then the second time I watched it, actually on my laptop and like really close up. And then I saw that it was actually eyeballs. I mean, it was I, weird. I like the viscera element, but some of it, it's like the eyeballs could have been more convincing, stuff like that, you know? Right. Um, but I liked what they were going for. I just, I just felt that it, it, it could have used some refinement in some of the moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but again, I, I, I do feel like, my opinion of this movie probably is going to change a lot in the next two or three viewings of it because it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie and it's, it's, it's not, it's not a terribly complicated plot, but it's kind of hard to follow everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I, I had more difficulty following this one than the the first two detective D movies. Um, Maybe because it's just so crazy. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a really crazy film in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, so you watched it on acid. What was that? So maybe if you watched it on acid, you wouldn't be confused. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like that. a, maybe it's a movie that's supposed to be better when people are on drugs or something. I don't know. Um, I don't have any intention of dropping acid just so I can enjoy a Detective D movie more. But uh, me either. Uh, I think I think it would. Uh, I I I don't think it would be worth the uh, the risk. Um, no, either. But uh, but yeah, I don't know if there are people that, that that like to do that kind of thing. Maybe they can weigh in in the comments. Um, I wouldn't encourage anybody to. I don't want people to get ill. But if people are already doing yeah. it, you know, uh, they can tell us. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a trippy movie. It's really trippy, and it's it's the kind of film I feel like if I saw this movie in my twenties with my friends, I would have been really crazy for this movie. Do you know what I mean? Because, uh-huh. because of those things. Um, but but and I did like it, but certain times it was kind of giving me a little bit of a headache too. So, um, you know, which is again why I say it's it is a there there are flaws in this movie for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so I don't know. I guess we should probably uh, head out at this point. And uh, next week, are we doing a moment of romance? Is that our our next movie? As far as I know, it is. Okay, so unless I'm way off. We, when we return, we should be doing a moment of romance. And and again, we have Patreon. We'll post a link in the description. 
anybody that wants to help us out, it really does give us uh, aid. We wouldn't be doing a moment of romance if we didn't have patrons because that's how we ended up ordering the movie so that people could watch it because it's not available on Netflix or Prime. And and so sometimes we actually have to go and get the hard copy of a film. And and so, you know, if, if people contribute their tiers with different rewards and, you know, it's a, it's a really... Uh, you know, helpful thing to be a part of for us. So we would encourage people to follow the link and, and yeah, so we'll be back on next week. And uh, again, it was uh, detective D the four heavenly Kings. And it's the third installment in the detective D series. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, if you can check it out on Netflix or you can, you know, it's available on DVD and Blu-ray and until next week, we will talk to you later. Bye.